Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. So welcome back to 15 Minute Film Fanatics. We have kind of an interesting episode this time. We did have actually two viewer requests. So a viewer requested that we watch two movies with the world's two greatest actors, both playing the devil. One was The Devil's Advocate, starring Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. And the other was Angel Heart, starring Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro. In one episode, yeah. That was our, our our loyal listener, Tim, out there said, which is better, you know, the devil you know or the devil you don't? So let's talk about these. So we'll do Angel Heart first. That was 1987, written and directed by um, Alan Parker. So, Mike, why don't you start with this? We, we could talk about the films in general and the portrayal of the devil in them. Go ahead. It's it's so frustrating because it's it's so unbelievably bad. Uh, and, and But it's fixable. It's It's fixable, but it's so bad. So, okay, what's so bad about it? The first thing is just like a basic, basic film school mistake, which is that it does all of its exposition and has Mickey Rourke running around a super empty version of New York before he finally goes down south and the and the movie starts to get good. Right. So what do you do? You, you could do any basic exposition with some character getting off a plane, a train. But how many movies start in exactly that fashion? And then they allows the audience to catch up. Right. Part of the joy of art or entertainment or, or any of that is that the people who write these, the people who play in them start off way ahead of us. And we as the audience are tasked to catch up. But you're always exactly on the same foot as Mickey Rourke. His acting's not particularly great. Uh, the lines written for Robert De Niro are just cringeworthy. And you end up with all this totally dead space uh, in, in all these unnecessary scenes in New York. And then you're not given time to do anything beautifully or thematically, uh, you know, down down in the South. And it, and this may seem like a weird comparison, but if you don't believe me, there's a reason that like why my cousin Vinny doesn't start off in New York. It starts off in the South, which is where it's set. You make the most out of your setting. You wring every single last drop that you possibly can out of it. And, and that's that's how you proceed. It's just like a it's a super basic film school mistake. That's the thing David Mamet says. You should enter every scene late and leave every scene early. You should walk yeah, in this, as a viewer. You should walk into every scene late. This this enters every scene early and leaves every scene late. What did you make of De Niro, though? Oh, I unbelievably cringeworthy. I mean, he's sitting there with these weird long guitarist fingernails um, and this very obvious black wig. Um, and there's there's nothing there's nothing charming about it. Let me let me flip it to you. When you portray the when you portray the devil, what's great about Milton's devil? Well, a number of things are great about Milton's devil. Not John Milton in the Devil's Advocate, who we'll get to in the in the next segment. But if you mean John Milton, the the poet's Satan, well, his his intelligence, his um, sense of entitlement, his the way he's like a human being, you know, uh, the way he speaks, he, he, has, he has the best lines. You. You can think anything you want about the devil, but he doesn't talk in cliches. And Robert True. De Niro's, and Robert De Niro's uh, lines are every single one of them is an, is a is a cliche. In fact, you, it's it's easy to write the scenes now. Now I thought that what must have happened is because uh, I found out that Angel Heart is based on a novel. What I thought must have happened is it got in the hands of some stupid Hollywood director who took a who did it literally in a screenplay what maybe worked in a novel and then i read the first three chapters uh, of the novel and it turns out that it was adapted by its author just terrible stuff terrible stuff okay well i guess in the next segment we'll talk about devil's advocate <laughs>
I was about to say, if my cousin, if anyone's listening who who put this on because they actually like this movie and they just heard Mike and now they're like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, I didn't say what's fixable about it. Oh yeah, okay, we'll come back. Okay, so let's do that then. Well, no, right, you, so, you, you say no, what's bad and then we'll get into. Well, let me ask you what's fixable while you're talking okay. about it. Okay, so because we'll kind of redeem it because we don't want to like dump on someone's favorite movie if we'll lose fans that way. So here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say keeping the same segment. Okay, so you, so if it has because I, I I don't think I dislike this as much as you did. I, I was I was very interested in the mystery to find out who who Angel really was and the scene where he says, "I know who I am. I know who I am." That struck me as kind of compelling. But go back to what you said before that it's fixable. Like what what was your what's your script doctor advice on this? Yeah, it it has an interesting premise. So you know the first thing is if you dump the first forty five minutes, then you have enough time to to do what you need to do and to actually make things ominous. Um, the the second thing is that all of these mysterious deaths take place like literally right after Mickey Rourke leaves the scene and then these people die immediately, which uh, obviously doesn't work. If, if But it seems to me, it strikes me that you have to do that because you have to compress time because you wasted all this time on these other scenes that don't matter, right? So if you get that, if you're granted that time back and they don't happen in chronological order, which I take it that they don't actually in the book, although um, perhaps they might, it makes it, interesting and compelling for the viewer because you're like even if you're an hour into angel heart i think most people see all the way to the end it's pretty obvious what's going on here you know whereas um whereas if you have enough time to take your time through these scenes and actually make things pop up in a way that's unexpected that's that's where the element of fear comes from it's very difficult to see all this coming and then be afraid or find it chilling when it in fact does happen right there's all these creepy flashbacks we don't need any of the creepy flashbacks because the creepy flashbacks are a dead giveaway if you gave yourself enough time to have fun scenes with good acting in in one place in time and and actually obey some unities and then you took away all the dead giveaway clues which are not really foreshadowing they're just ruining it you have an okay movie um, but a, at least 40% of the opening has to go. All right. In segment two, we'll talk about Devil's Advocate. Okay, my turn. So now I'm going to ask you about The Devil's Advocate. What do you think? So it's it's funny that we did both of these films because De Niro's Satan is so uh, so soft-spoken and he sits there holding his cane and he has a nice suit on. And as you, as I know this from, we've never discussed the movie, but I know you love to call this movie. What's your, what's your secret name for this film? Scent of a Woman in Hell. And that's exactly what it is, right? Him screaming and, and, and him doing all those things. So it's kind of funny how we have these two actors both who played a Corleone and, and doing the devil completely opposite fashions and almost as parodies of themselves in each of these films. So here's my take on Devil's Advocate, watching it again a couple of days ago. This is 1997, directed by Taylor Hackford, um, written by uh, Jonathan Lemkin. As I watched it, all I kept thinking of are the number of ways this movie is like Rosemary's Baby. I mean, it begs comparison. We've done an episode on Rosemary's Baby before. We both love that film, right? 30 years earlier is Rosemary's Baby. So each one's about, you know, you have the desire for the devil to create an heir, right? Each one's got a secret society. Um, each one takes place, you know, in Sin City, the upper crust of New York. Um, each features a woman who suspects the truth, right? Gets targeted by the Satanists, is told that, told that she's crazy. Both Rosemary's Baby and Devil's Advocate both rely on one of my favorite things you've ever said on the podcast, which is what you called their lust for a good apartment in Rosemary's Baby. Do you, do you remember what you called it? No. 
Zillow porn. So they're both about Zillow porn, right? The idea that a beautiful apartment in New York, like I would never sell my baby to the devil, but this breakfast nook is very, very nice. And it overlooks the park, right? And and it's not like we've also done hereditary, hereditary right? And in that movie, the Satanists are like kind of like chubby suburbanites, like they're not the upper crust of, you know, wherever that movie takes place. You know, here you got movers and shakers. I love how they're at the party and Al D'Amato's there. And one of them says like, oh, Donald Trump was supposed to be here, but he was he was too busy talking to Rupert Murdoch. So, so okay. So that's, they're all there. The Venn diagram, the overlap is so strong that there's no way that the, the filmmakers weren't aware of this. But Rosemary's Baby is obviously like a far, far superior movie in every way a movie could be better, Right. So I asked this question, not to dump on Devil's Advocate, but just as an artistic experiment, I think it's interesting to think about why. It's like, why is Rosemary's Baby such a better film than this when they have so much in common, right? Now I have a couple of reasons on my own, but I just want to put you on the spot here. What's like, what, what are some of the things that, that come to mind for you? Okay, well, first of all, as I said in the Rosemary's Baby episode, I'm a Polanski fan. So even if I didn't get or enjoy what was going on in the movie, probably there's just, there's creative ways visually that the movie is interesting, but I mean, Rosemary's Baby um, handles its suspense exactly the right way. Um, it strikes reversals on you all the time when you least expect it. Like when Rosemary gets betrayed by the doctor um, is so brilliant. What, who plays that guy again? Uh, Ralph Bellamy. Yeah. Ralph Bellamy from, uh, from his girl Friday. Yeah. There's uh, I mean, there's a thousand ways that um, well, th- that is great. Well, I bet, but most importantly, obviously when Rosemary is scared, she's really, she's really terrified, which it is itself terrifying. Right. And Keanu Reeves is never really thoroughly scared. I mean, his, he, his haircut is the best thing about his performance in this film. But I mean, um, it's the thing that struck me about Rosemary's Baby was the restraint. Like Rosemary's Baby, uh, that film shows such admirable restraint where, um, as you know, when, when John Cassavetes makes the deal to sell the baby to the devil, remember, we just see the puff of smoke. We just see them making the deal and it's going on in the other room. Here, however, it's everything is over the top. Everything is operatic to the point where they have that fake satanic, <laughs> that, that weird choral music and the, um, the speeded up um, film exposure over the mm-hmm. skyline to show you those things. So, you know, it's funny, the devil's advocate has actual demons in it. It actually, actually you know, the, the women show their devil faces and things, but, but Rosemary's Baby is so much scarier for what you don't see. Um, before you said uh, the, the, that Angel Heart was fixable, and I thought of a way that even Devil's Advocate could be could be made fixable. A couple of ways. The first is imagine if you didn't know the premise before you went into it. Imagine if it didn't have that title, and you really didn't know that that Al Pacino was the devil until far far into the film, where you know Keanu Reeves is, is he gets a job, a prestigious law firm, he has to defend somebody, blah blah blah, and and then as it goes on, it's kind of like the firm, right? As it goes on, the young lawyer starts to realize. He's in over his head. And then it, it took a supernatural turn that you never saw coming. That would be like the secret room in Parasite or something. Imagine if it started out as the verdict, but then it became Rosemary's Baby. Like I thought that would have been interesting. But another thing I think it could have done was tell our audience, because I know you're going to know the answer to this. It's a book we both love. What is the screw tape letters? So the screw tape letters is a series of letters home from a, from a devil in hell who's talking to his nephew, who's trying to tempt one English Christian away from the church and from the woman he's going to marry. Yes, written by C.S. Lewis, right? And I know you love that book as I do too. I think this movie would be fixable if it didn't try to be the screw tape letters. At the end, when Al Pacino is giving his whole speech, while while uh, you know the um, the principal from Ferris Bueller, as everyone knows him as, is getting b- beaten to death in the park, and he's giving his whole speech about morality and vanity is my favorite human weakness. It, it, you almost want to say, listen, you can't you can't have it both ways. Like either you're going to be 
um, screw tape and the screw tape letters and be this unbelievably articulate demon who understands human nature so well. Or you could be Al Pacino, like walking around and having fun and getting shot a bunch of times and saying, go ahead, go ahead. I only set the stage. You pull your own strings. What did you do to Marianne? A gun? In here? God damn it! What did you do to my wife? Well, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most depraved act of sexual theater known to man, one being your average Friday night run through at the Lomax's household, I'd say, not to be immodest, Marianne and I got it on at about Lavan. Fuck you! Oh, 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 got me! Got me! Yes! Wow! Oh, oh yeah! Yeah! Step on up, son! Come on, that's good! You gotta hold on to that fury! Yeah, that's the last thing to go. That's the final hiding place. It's the final fig leaf. Who are you? Who am I? Who are you? But the, when the movie tries to be better than it is, when it tries to go do something it shouldn't worry about, that's when I think it kind of gets weak. Yeah, there's something that we've talked about on the show that that both movies lack. And I apologize if Angel Heart is your favorite movie and uh, you don't want to talk to me anymore. But like, but neither movie really is charming. I bet you that there's people that love Angel Heart and I bet you that there's people that love The sure. Devil's Advocate. But I don't really think that that anybody loves either of these movies because they find them charming. And there's just there's there's just something that they lack. There's a sense of craftsmanship that that both totally you, you might like Angel Heart because it was a totally shocking movie at the time and you saw it in theaters the first time in the in the 80s. And if that's your reason for liking it, I totally get it. Nothing that I can say can take it away. But but you can't sit down and say that that that's how you would set out to construct a film. And yeah, scent of a woman in hell. It's just a it's just a bad idea for a movie. What's ultimately disappointing, I think, is that I love Mickey Rourke and he's capable of more. And I love Robert De Niro and we all know what he's capable of. And I love Al Pacino and we all know what he's capable of. I think that this movie, both movies are just underwhelming because when you have the big guns, I expect a big gun result. All right. So there we go. Um, Satanist two. Actors Zero. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed our conversation about The Devil's Advocate and Angel Heart. Please follow us on Twitter at 15MINFilm and let us know what we should watch next. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.